Welcome to the Joey Miller Podcast. I'm Pastor Joey Miller from Champion Christian Center, and I am so happy that you tuned in with us today. We have so much to talk about out of God's Word, and you are going to be blessed. But let me just remind you, before we jump in, don't forget to check out joeymiller.co for all sorts of resources, from merch to Bible studies to podcast notes to blogs. You will be blessed, so check it out today. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast. If you're enjoying it and you want to share it with a friend, a great way to let us know is to like it, to share it, and to subscribe. So make sure you do that as well. Well, let's get into the Word together. We're going to jump into Acts 27. We're going to kind of take it uh, exegetical this morning. If you're not used to that, it means we're going to go through this story in, in one passage of Scripture. And so I want to really talk to you about what God is doing behind the scenes. Because a lot of times the enemy will try to discourage us. He'll try to push us back from standing in faith. And he does this by trying to get us to respond to what's actually happening in the natural, to what we see. For example, you might be believing God for something, and it seems like all hell is breaking loose against you. It seems like you are further uh, from seeing that promise come forth than even when you first started praying in faith. And this is one of the enemy's greatest tactics is to get you to back off, stop believing, quit, say it's not working. And so I want to encourage you at Acts 27 this morning, whatever your situation is, Whatever your circumstances are, not to give up, not to back down, to understand that when you're going through uh, adversity, when you're going through what seems like uh, a barrier or things aren't breaking through in the spirit realm, to keep on going. You win. We read, the, we read the end of the Bible. You win. Because of Jesus, you're not fighting for victory. You're fighting from a place of victory. And so the victory is yours if you were just willing to stand up to the devil and say, I am not giving up. I'm going to stand in faith until I see my breakthrough. So let's turn this morning for our morning devos to Acts 27 and see what's going on with Paul in this scripture. It says, when it was decided that we should sail for Italy, they delivered Paul and some other prisoners to a centurion of Augustan uh, cohort named Julius and embarking a ship which was about to sail to the ports along the coasts of Asia, we put to sea, accompanied by Archis and uh, Macedonian from Thessalonica. The next day we put in Sedan, and Julius treated Paul kindly and gave him leave to go to his friends to be cared for. And putting out to sea from where he sailed under the lee of Cyprus, because the winds were sailing against us, we had sailed across the open sea along the coast of Sicilia of Pamphylia, and came to Mira of Lucia. This is a lot of words this early in, this, in the morning. Now you know why I need like several cups of caffeine. So there the centurion found a ship of Alexandria sailing for Italy and put us aboard. Verse 7 says, We sailed slowly for a number of days and arrived with difficulty off of Snidus, and the wind did not allow us to go any further. We sailed under uh, the lee of Crete off Salmon, coasting along it with difficulty, and we came to a place called Fair Havens, near which was the city of Lycia. So that's a lot of scripture, but it is morning deepest. So we're going to talk about this for a second, because this was a moment that Paul had been waiting for. Paul wanted to go to Rome 
so badly, and he knew it was uh, you know, God's plan for him to go to Rome and appear before Caesar. So he's seeing that finally what looks like his breakthrough is coming to pass. Finally, after waiting and praying and believing, finally it looks like he's going to step in to the fulfillment of that season that he's been believing God for. And we see he's on the boat. He's, he's ready to go to Rome. He's on the boat to Italy. Not only is he on the boat to Italy, but we already see here that God sent Julius, who was a prison guard, to look after Paul. And this was God's provision to Paul in this season to watch over him during this journey. You know, have you ever heard uh, the saying that when God gives you a vision, there's always provision that accompanies it? So if I were in Paul's shoes, I would be like, this is great. I can see this is God's will. He's already sent Julius. Like, this is... um, just a sign from him that I'm going in the right direction and everything is going to be great. And we see here that as soon as they set sail on this ship, uh, the waters got really difficult, the Bible says, that as soon as they set sail for what seemed like Paul's greatest breakthrough, they ran into difficulty. And that's the position that I want you to look at this scripture at from this morning. You know, what is it in your life that you feel like this is breakthrough? And then all of a sudden you might get smacked in the face with something unexpected or sometimes uh, adversity will come right before our greatest breakthroughs. And what do you do in that season? And I want to encourage you that God is working behind the scenes. And so let's follow the story and see what else happens here. It says, Since much time had passed, the voyage was now dangerous because the fast was already over. Paul advised them, saying, Sirs, I perceive the voyage will be with injury and much loss, not only of the cargo in the ship, but also of our lives. But the centurion paid more attention to the pilot and to the owner of the ship than to what Paul said, which is probably what I would do too. I'm like, Paul, you have no idea what you're talking about uh, when it comes to sailing. And because the harbor was not suitable to spend the winter in, the majority decided to put out to sea from there and take a chance that somehow they could reach Phoenix, a harbor in Crete, facing both the southwest and the northwest and spend the winter there. So we're seeing here that not only had it looked like Paul was walking into the timing of what he had been believing for, the breakthrough, but in the natural, this was the worst possible time to sail to Italy. This was a It says it was after the fast had ended. That meant it was right around October. And we see, if you look at uh, what the weather was like in October, to sail those waters in October was basically like a death sentence. You're not like, oh, you know what? We're going to go out and sail uh, in October. No, it's imminent danger is coming your way. And so this is the, the situation that Paul finds himself in, uh, in in Acts 27. And we see here that just in that moment where he thinks things are going to change, this is the answer to his prayer, he faces adversity. And I want to ask you, what is it that you do when you face adversity? Because uh, in our lives, oftentimes, when it gets hard, our natural inclination is to say, this isn't God, or I'm off, or what's going on here, and we want to quit. But I want to encourage you out of Acts 27 that sometimes adversity doesn't mean that we should stop or back down. Adversity means you're closer than before to some of the greatest miracles in your life. I want you to listen to me. Adversity, when you steward it through faith, 
is a great recipe for the miraculous. Adversity stewarded through faith is a great recipe, a great setup for miracles to happen in your life. What does the Bible say in, uh, in the book of James? It talks about it, consider it pure joy when you go through trials of many kinds. For you know the testing of your faith produces steadfastness and let steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete and lacking nothing. That we don't like to hear that. That we don't like to hear that sometimes we're going to go through some stuff. And of course God doesn't ordain the stuff but Jesus himself in John 16, says, In this world you will have many troubles, but take heart, I have overcome the world. And I want you to hear the amplified version of this scripture. It says, In the world you will have tribulation and distress and suffering. So, and a lot of people stop there. They're like, oh, you know, that's just our lot in life. Even as Christians, we're just going to have tribulation and suffering. And, and, and Jesus does himself say that you're going to have these things, but it doesn't end there. He says, but be courageous. Now listen to the Amplified. Confident, undaunted, filled with joy, for I have overcome the world. And listen to this. In parentheses in the Amplified, it says, my conquest is accomplished and my victory is abiding. My victory is abiding. His banner over you is a banner of victory over your life, over your situation. And, you know, I like to tell myself and steward myself through those times of adversity of how would I be responding right now if I knew the outcome was victory for whatever it is that I'm believing for, whatever it is that I'm wrestling out in faith if no matter what the adversity is that's staring at me in the face or opposing me, if I know the outcome is victory, then how would I steward myself, my faith, my emotions through this situation? And that's what he's saying here. He's saying, my victory is abiding. That means it is ongoing. That means it doesn't matter uh, what's coming up against you. The wind was coming up against them. The moment that Paul thought he was getting his answer to prayer was the moment he faced the greatest adversity in his life, that, that he was at sea, that he seemed helpless and hopeless. And in verse uh, 6, it talks about it was difficult in voyage. And in verse 9, it goes down to say it was just plain dangerous, just plain, the worst timing. And maybe you're believing God for something, and you have been for years, and you're like, you know what? God, why isn't your timing lining up with my timing? And we, we kind of, uh, in that moment, lose faith or we give God all the reasons why it can't happen now or uh, why his promise has expired to us. God's promises, let me remind you today, don't have an expiration date uh, that is determined by when or when you think things should happen in your life. Many times, my timing is not God's timing. He knows things that I don't know. He knows things about me that I don't know, that I need to maybe work out or mature through. And so, you know, whatever that is today, be confident that if God spoke it to you, it's not if it's going to happen, it's when it's going to come to pass in your life. The Bible says he's not a man that he should lie. If he spoke it, he'll see it come to pass.
I love the book of Jeremiah. God asked Jeremiah in Jeremiah 1. He says, what, what do you perceive that I'm doing in your life, Jeremiah? And, and really, that's, that's where faith comes in. We perceive, we get that word from God. And Jeremiah answers him and tells him what he sees in the spirit. And God says, you're correct, Jeremiah. And he said, and I'm going to carefully watch over that word actively. One version says, watch over that word to see it come to pass in your life. I know there's been times in my life where I'm like, you know what, it feels like uh, everything's still, nothing's moving. It feels like I've been praying and believing and I've had that vision in my spirit and nothing's changing. And I want to encourage you today, God is work actively watching over that word, actively working behind the scenes. When it seems like nothing's happening in the natural, you need to be encouraged. You serve a behind the scenes kind of God orchestrating things for your benefit, to see things work all together in your life for your good. You know, I can look back on my life and I can think of times where I didn't understand why things were happening or I thought my timing was best. And and just to look at God's track record and say, wow, God, you truly do know so much better than I do. And you're, even the situations that seem like adversity, now you have turned them around and you actually use them to bring me into the next season or for my good. And so, so be reminded of that today, that just because you might be going through some adversity doesn't mean that God's absent. It doesn't mean you should give up in faith. Actually, it means that you're closer to your breakthrough than ever. You just have to be careful to steward that thing in faith, to watch over that destiny, that vision, that dream that God's put into your heart, that thing that you're believing God for. Watch over it, protect it in faith, and don't lose hope. You know, we want all smooth sailing in sunny skies. We're like, God, you gave me this promise. Now I'm just going to smooth sailing in sunny skies to see it come to pass. I'm telling you today, the fight of faith is real. Some things you have to wrestle out, you have to fight for, uh, but, but God is on your side. And like I said before, you're not fighting for victory. You're fighting from that place of victory. So know this, that when you come through it, you're going to have even more arsenal uh, that, that you say, you know what, my God is faithful. Enemy, you can't win. Uh, I know my God is too good to ever let me down. And so, you know what, you might come against some stuff, but you don't give up. You don't quit. And you will see God come out on your behalf. You know, we see as the story progresses, we see the storm gets worse. And it says, now when the sea of the wind blew, Uh, In verse 13, supposing that they had obtained their purpose, they weighed anchor and sailed along Crete close to the shore. But soon the the temperate wind called the northeastern struck down from the land and the ship was caught uh, in it and they couldn't face the wind. We gave way to it and were driven along. Running under the lee of a small island called Cadia, we managed difficulty to secure the ship's boat. After hoisting it up, They used supports to undergird the ship. And fearing that they would run against Cyrus, they lowered the gear and they were driven along. Since we're so violently storm-tossed, they began the next day to jettison the cargo. And on the third day, they threw the ship's tackle overboard with their hands. When neither sun nor stars appeared for many days and no small tempest lay on us, all hopes of being saved were abandoned." Now, I want you to look at this here because instead of the situation getting better, it's getting worse. Now it's a northeasterner. It's like a horrible tropical storm is hitting them. 
and they start to throw the stuff overboard. Uh, they start to get rid of some stuff. And it says that after several days of no sun and no stars in the sky, they began to lose hope. And, you know, I want to think about uh, how Paul was actually feeling here. They had to be think- feeling so out of control. Paul tried to warn them, like, we shouldn't go on this trip. He's on the boat, sailing to what he thinks is his breakthrough, even against adversity. And now he's feeling completely out of control. And, uh, you know, when God's working behind the scenes, sometimes you feel a little bit out of control. You feel like, you know what, I can't control this situation. Um, there's some things when you're believing God for a breakthrough, for a miracle, for for. Uh, whatever that is in your life, your destiny, that you're going to feel a little bit out of control. And that's a good place to be because when you can't understand or control things, there's a new level of trust that you have to move into. See, it says that they didn't have sun or stars for days upon days upon days. And I want you to understand here that that's actually how they got around. They didn't have a GPS system that in order for them to know their direction, they actually followed the sun and the stars to get where they needed to go. So it says that they didn't have the sun or the stars for days. It was completely dark. And some of you today might be uh, believing for a breakthrough and you feel like you're in that season where things seem dark. You're like, God, just show me the next thing to do. I don't see the sun. I don't see the stars. I don't know which direction to go. You might feel like you're spinning out of control, like someone just put you in, uh, in the middle of life and just spun you around and you're like, I don't know top from bottom. And I want to tell you, if you're in that place today, there's a new level of trust that you have to enter into. I remember one time we were boating in uh, Deep Creek Lake. If you're uh, familiar with Deep Creek, Maryland, uh, we, we love to go there. And the first time we went there, my husband went out in a boat and we all went and I'm like, really? Like, shouldn't you have some classes you have to take or something? But no, they just give you the boat and let you go. So we're out in the middle of this lake and everything is great, right? Smooth sailing, sunny skies. And then all of a sudden we're like, nobody else is out here. Uh, the lake really cleared off quickly, and it got dark. And um, if you've ever been on a lake, it's easy to get disoriented. You're like, wait a second, I, I think I just saw that bridge. Maybe maybe not. And and uh, so we got lost in the water, and a storm blew in, and uh, panic had hit our little boat. And uh, Maddox, our 12-year-old now, it was years ago, he was under a blanket praying in the spirit, and he was so afraid. And the, the waves were coming, and... and uh, Pretty soon my husband's like, you know what, I, I think I see the bridge that we need. So he's going full throttle towards the bridge. And my older son says, Dad, stop, stop, stop. He's like, that's the dam. You're going straight into a concrete wall full, full sport speed. So thankfully we were able to stop and get turned around. And we finally found our way back to uh, to the, the place that we had docked the boat. And let me tell you, I have never been so happy to be on ground again. But it takes a little bit more trust when you can't see, when you're disoriented, when you might feel like you're out in the middle of nowhere. And, and you're like, God, where are you in all of this? He's working behind the scenes. He's working. You know, they might not have been in control, but God was in control the whole time. It seemed like they were just up to to chance and and to the natural elements, but God was watching over Paul. God was watching over that ship. And I just want to encourage you today. Maybe you find yourself in in this spot where you feel like you're just lost. Like you're just, God, I don't know where to go next. I I, I know that you have good things for me, but I can't see you right now. I don't know which direction, what, what the next thing to do is. Trust him. 
He's watching over your situation. Listen for him. When you can't see what he's doing, go into the word of God. Say, God, I'm going to follow you principally. I'm going to follow your word. I'm going to stay true to who I know your character to be in this season. I'm not going to uh, let my lack of understanding or because I can't see cause me to, to quit or go my own way or take things in control myself. I'm going to stay in that place of trust. It might seem like you're out of control, but God is always in control. Romans 8.32 says this. It says, uh, well, actually, verse 35, who shall separate us from the love of God in Christ? Shall tribulation or distress, per persecution or famine or nakedness or danger of sword? And it goes on to verse 37. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I'm sure that neither death nor life, angels nor rulers, things of the present or things to come, or powers, no height, no depth, or anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. Listen to me today. There is nothing that can separate you from the love of God. That means this. God sent Jesus Christ as an expression of his love towards us. And because of the covenant that we have with him, we have victory in anything that, that comes our way. We have the grace to walk through. And, and a lot of times, you know, we don't want to do it. We want sunny skies and smooth sailings. And God's saying, look, if you will, if you will trust me, you're going to come out of this thing in victory. You're going to come out of this thing even better, stronger than when you went into it. But what are you going to do? Are you going to abort mission? Are you going to anchor in to him? Anchor into him. He is good. He is a safe place to be. When you feel like you're out of control, anchor into him. Hebrews talks about this. It talks about uh, but God being an anchor for our soul, that when I think about that. I think about how our soul in those seasons where we can't see what God is doing kind of just wants to drift about. Um, we want to get sad. We want to get angry. We want to give up. We want to get melancholy, melancholy and depressed. We want to give up hope. And it says we have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure in Hebrews 6, 19. Firm and secure. He is a safe place to anchor into. In verse 30, Back in Acts 27 here, we see in verse 30, hopefully you're following along in your Bible this story with me uh, today. It says, and the sailors were seeking to escape from the ship. They had lowered the ship's boat into the sea under pretense of laying out anchors from the bow. And then Paul said to the centurion and to the soldiers, unless these men stay in the ship, you cannot be saved. And the soldiers cut away the ropes and the ship's boat and let it go. Listen, what's going on here is some people are trying to abort mission. They're like, I am out of here. I'm jumping overboard. I'm going to try to make it on my own. I might be able to make it uh, to land. But, but Paul's like, no, listen, nobody is going anywhere. He says, you need to take heart in verse 21. You need to choose faith because when adversity comes up against you, in the natural, in your soulish realm, you're going to want to abort mission. You're like, you know what? This is too hard. I can't do this. And you can do it. The grace of God is sufficient for you. The Bible says that his grace 
is sufficient. That in your moments of weakness is when he comes in and perfects your faith and makes you the strongest that you will ever be. So when you want to quit, when you want to give up, when the enemy has you right on the cusp and he's like, yeah, abort mission, uh, walk away from believing in faith. You're right, this is never going to happen. Uh, Paul says, take heart, choose faith, be courageous, be courageous. And Paul goes on to say, look, we're not going to die. He says, an angel of the Lord appeared to me and he said, we're going to lose the ship, but all of you are going to live. Paul gives them a word to stand on. God sent a word to strengthen them. And so in that moment, I want you to think about going back to the word that God gave you. Go back to uh, that, that vision in faith that God gave you to stand on. Go back to the promise that God gave you out of scripture to stand on, to see that thing come to pass. Because in that moment, you're going to be tempted to quit. But Paul said, no, 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 there is a a tenacity, a courage that rises up in people of faith that they say, you know what, this word's being tested, but I'm going to go back to the word because I know he is faithful and he is true. And if he said it, it's going to come to pass. Stand on the word in those moments. Paul said, no one is jumping overboard. Nobody is aborting the process. We're going to see it come to pass in our lives. And, you know, I just want to encourage you because sometimes the only way out is through. Sometimes the only way out is through. There's been moments in my faith that I'm like, God, just let me go to sleep and wake me up when this is all over. And it doesn't work like that. There is that maturing process that we talked about in James that he's actually strengthening your faith. He's strengthening your trust in those moments where you want to quit, but you choose not to. You choose to go back to the word. You choose to stand on the word of God and not to abort the mission. It's in those moments, those moments that you see the power of God on display. And so we see here in the story in verse 34, Paul tells them they hadn't eaten for for days. And Paul urged them and he said, therefore, I urge you, Take some food after he's given them this pep talk. Like, you're not jumping overboard. Take courage. We're not giving up. He says, therefore, I urge you to take some food, for it will give you strength. Not a hair is to perish from your head. And when he said these things, he took the bread, giving thanks to God. And in the presence of all, he broke it and began to eat it. And they were encouraged and ate some food themselves. And and so we see here that Paul, basically what he did was he said, we haven't eaten But I want to encourage you that we're not going to die. He took it and he basically had a communion service with them. He reminded them of the promise of God. And so, you know, he reminded them of the covenant, really. That's what communion is. It's a celebration of the covenant that we have in Jesus Christ. When the Bible tells us do this often, it's because he wants us to often when adversity, because he told us in John 16, 33, adversity is going to come at you. But I've overcome it all through the cross. So that's why he says take communion often because you need to be reminded of who you are in Christ. That you're not like everybody else. That you have a covenant to stand on. That you have protection because of Jesus. That you have health because of Jesus. That that you have provision because of Jesus. That you have a good end because of Jesus. You have victory. And he said do this often because the junk of the world is going to oppose you. It's going to try to get on you. 
He said, but be reminded. And that's what he basically did. He, he gave him a word. He said, we're going to arrive here safe. Let's break this bread, give thanks to God, and let's eat it together. And it said when they did, they were encouraged. They gained strength. Uh, they, they knew that they weren't going to die, but they had a supernatural strength that came to them. They adjusted their focus. And Paul was so good in this moment because he, he knew if, if they were going to come out on the other side of this thing, they need to readjust what they were focusing on. And in the middle of your storm, in the middle of adversity, in the middle of what you thought was your breakthrough, when you face uh, circumstances that aren't ideal, what you focus on is going to become your main thing. And if you want supernatural strength, if you want to stay in that place of covenant, of understanding who you are in Christ, then you need to keep your focus on God, on his promises, on his faithfulness. Don't get focused on the waves and the storm and, and it looks like you're going to go down. It looks like your breakthrough is not going to happen. It looks like your bank account's empty. You go to the doctors and you get a bad report. What are you going to focus on in that moment? Are you going to focus on uh, the natural or are you going to focus on the covenant and the promises of God? Because it matters. It, it'll either sap you of your strength, or it will fill you and fuel you with supernatural strength. Focus on the right things in Jesus. You know, I uh, can remember another time that we were boating, and you know, all of our, we don't boat that often, but it sounds like we do. It just seems like every time we boat, there's some sort of traumatic story that goes along with it. So uh, we were in the Gulf of Mexico, and uh, we were in Florida, and once again, my husband was uh, he's actually a really good boat captain, but he was uh, taking it out, the boat out, and the, and the instructor told us, you know, you probably shouldn't go in the Gulf today. It's a little bit rocky, so try to stay in the bay. But if you want a little bit of a challenge, you could kind of peek out into the Gulf. But I wouldn't go too far out. So, of course, that's like an invitation for any miller to go out into the Gulf of Mexico. It's like a direct challenge. Do you think that I can't do this is what they're actually hearing. And so uh, we go out there and, and we anchor down and the waves are really bad and the whole boat is rocking back and forth. And I'm, I'm on lookout, I'm like shark duty and, and they're all swimming. And uh, it's just throwing me around and all of our drinks are being tossed. And so we're like, you know what, this is a bad idea. We need to get out of here probably ASAP. So they, we go to pull the anchor up and we couldn't move it. It was like just buried. And so it was so firm in the sand that we actually had to, my husband and my son, and I was praying and interceding, <laughs> had to, to actually dive down and manually dig up the anchor uh, to get it dislodged. And um, I was thinking about that. You know, when we were in the bay, it wasn't hard to pull up the anchor when we would anchor down and swim. But because of the 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 uh, waves because of the uh, just the force that was coming against us, the anchor actually got buried so deep so that it can become extra firm. And I want to encourage you in that today, that it might seem like you're coming up against hell. It might seem like uh, you're against your greatest adversity. But in that moment, if you'll anchor in, there'll be that steadfastness, that peace, that joy that overwhelms you. Because the more waves the, the more steady the anchor who is Jesus is. And so, you know, you have that choice. Am I going to get focused on the natural or am I going to stay focused on Jesus? And things weren't going as Paul planned. And sometimes things don't go as we plan. And we take that as uh, anti-faith. But, but we just need to trust God that he's behind the scenes working everything out for our good. The Bible tells us in Philippians 4, do not be anxious 
about anything. And this is a command from God. God never commands us to do something that he doesn't also grace us to do. He's not like, don't do that, and then doesn't provide the grace for us to walk above it. He said, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, in prayer and supplication, make your request unto God with thanksgiving. And, and then it goes on and it talks about to set our mind on things above, things that are true, that are pure, that are noble. And, and that's the key to not become anxious. What are you focusing on? I'm choosing to give thanks to God in this moment. I'm not going to let anxiety, I'm not going to let uh, fear of things not turning out uh, uh, for my good overtake me. I'm going to say, no, if I know that victory is mine, how would I respond in this moment? I would give thanks to my God. Not as he had planned, but still not void of God's sovereignty watching over this situation. In verse 28, we see they, uh, they arrive, or I'm sorry, chapter 28, we end chapter 27, going to 28, they actually arrive in Malta. Malta is an island that Paul was not trying to get to. He was trying to go to Rome. And so they arrive on Malta, and we see uh, they're, they're building a fire. They're uh, welcomed by, by the people there. They get a meal, and it looks like maybe things are turning around a little bit. And they're building the fire, and all of a sudden, a viper jumps out and, and bites Paul. And uh, he shakes it off, the Bible says, back into the fire. And when adversity happens, when, when things heat up, and the fire uh, of life, the fire of your situation gets a little bit hot. If the enemy can't get you to quit, if he can't get uh, you to give up, if he can't get you to bail and, and abort mission, sometimes what he will do is he'll try uh, uh, to poison you from the inside. And that's what the, the viper tried to get on Paul. Like he couldn't be destroyed by the shipwreck. He, couldn't, he wasn't thrown overboard. He wasn't killed by the prison guard. He had protection. And, and all of a sudden, this viper comes out of nowhere. And once again, Paul's just minding his own business, trying to do good, trying to get his breakthrough. Um, trying to have a good attitude, keep his perspective right, and, and he gets bit. And, you know, I think about what poisons us from the inside. When we're going through adversity, when it looks like we're not getting our promise, sometimes we can get bitter. Sometimes we can um, get angry with God, with our circumstances, with people. Sometimes we can cross over into unforgiveness. Like we don't, we, we get mad at ourselves and think if I would have just done something differently, maybe it's me. And, and I want to really admonish you here that when you go through adversity and you get through there and you're like, Paul didn't know he was closer than ever. He was right on the cusp of miracles in Malta, right on the verge of seeing God do amazing things. He wasn't in Rome yet, but he was on the, on the cusp of miracles in Malta. In that moment, it would, that viper could have got in him and it could have poisoned him and he could have died. Uh, but in faith, he shook it off right into the fire. And so some of you are closer than ever to your miracles. You're closer to your breakthrough. You're closer to see that thing burst forth in your life. But the enemy would love nothing more that when you get to that place, you're not ready anymore. You've taken yourself out. You've allowed uh, the things that maybe brought discouragement to cause uh, you to give up on the process that God's working through you and in you. And now maybe you're uh, almost ready for that breakthrough. Maybe you're believing for a spouse and you're right on the verge and you're like, you know what? Uh, I'm going to stop living for God. I'm going to quit because I'm just all bitter and angry and it hasn't happened for me yet. Or maybe you're consumed with jealousy or, or whatever it is in your life. Stay focused on Jesus. 
Stay focused on him. Don't let anything poison the work of God that he's doing in you. Colossians says that we're becoming every day more and more like him. The enemy would love nothing more than for once you get to your breakthrough, you not be the person that is ready to obtain it, that you're not strong enough, that, you've, that now you've let all sorts of things into your heart. When the enemy tries to come, you shake it off into the fire and say, no, in Jesus' name, I've come too far to lose faith. I've come too far to get bitter now, too far to move in unforgiveness, too far uh, to be jealous or discouraged. I've come too far. Shake it off into the fire. And it goes on to say that Paul actually, uh, he, he was, it seemed like he just so happened to end up in Malta, but God was working behind the scenes. He, he hooked him up uh, with, with an influential leader on the island, Publius, Publius, I don't know how you say his name exactly, but, but and, and his father was healed, and which caused an open door for the whole island to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. Miracles in Malta. Paul was on his way to Rome. Paul, Paul thought Rome was the ultimate breakthrough, but God had miracles along the way. And sometimes your adversity might, might actually be setting you up uh, for greater miracles. And so, so think about that today. How am I stewarding this season? As I'm, as I'm believing God for my breakthroughs, I'm believing God to obtain everything that he has for my life. Am I giving up or am I believing in faith that there's going to be miracles that break out, uh, even on the way to Rome, even on the way to my final destination? God is sovereign. He's working behind the scenes. He's not absent from your situation. He hears your prayers. It's not like some of you today, you're, wa- you're watching or listening, and you feel like your prayers are just hitting the ceiling. And the enemy tries to come in and say, why are you praying? Nothing's happening. Something is happening. You just can't see it. It's happening in the spiritual realm. You keep praying, and you keep believing. God is not absent from it. Your position is to keep staying in faith, steward your heart, don't let any poison in, Uh, stay in that place and you will see a breakthrough. And when God breaks through, you know he breaks through and it all makes sense. And our timeline, it can be thrown out because God brings it all up to speed. So be encouraged today that you serve a behind the scenes kind of God. I'm, I'm believing with you for your breakthrough as you stay in faith. And and I just hope you enjoyed getting into the word together in Acts 27 and 28. Go back and read it. Be refreshed by the word. There are miracles waiting for you in Malta. And so I thank you for tuning in with me today. Melissa, fearless in faith. Anna, you give thanks to God. Amen. Staying focused on Jesus because of Jesus. I love that, Barb. It says, you walk through the valley, not around it, over it, or under it, but through it. So, so good. And uh, Jeannie, we're praying for you as well to stay in faith. You are not lost. God is good. He is with you. Listen, I pray that you're encouraged in your faith, that you're not going to give up, that you have a word to stand on. You keep speaking that word. Focus on the right things. Give thanks to God and know that God is working on your behalf today. He's working it all together for your good because you're not fighting for victory. You're fighting from victory. So I'm praying for you all today, believing that 22 is our year of breakthrough. You're going to get there. Don't be discouraged. Don't put God on your timeline, but it is going to happen. Blessings to you, Debbie. Thanks for tuning in. Amy, thanks for joining me this morning. Whatever your day looks like, whatever the rest of your week looks like, I pray that you walk in favor and that you're blessed. 
this week. And until next time, remember this, God has set you up to be a champion in this life. We'll see you soon. Thanks so much for tuning in to the Joey Miller podcast today. I pray you were blessed by God's word. I pray that the Holy Spirit was speaking to you and ministering to you, that his grace is empowering you to be everything that you're called to be. Well, until next time, I'll see you on the Joey Miller podcast.